morning to all of you. Amen. It's good to be found here in the house of the Lord. A blessed Chinese New Year to all of you again. It is uh, these few days, it was a very busy day for all of us, especially yesterday. We are, our first home visitation is at 9.30. When we went in, we, see our, we, we saw our relatives, it's like just, why are you so early? We have to shift all our schedule, our usual schedule to the morning because we have Saturday service. So that's why. And uh, yesterday was good and uh, the visitation will continue today after 12 o'clock. I hope to finish at 11.30. Are you happy? Yes, all right. In the a, in a midst of all this celebration, we have lots of food to eat, a lot of chatting, catching up. But let us not forget those who are suffering silently due to sicknesses and those who are experiencing loss in the family. In fact, we just had a funeral on Thursday uh, to send off our sister uh, who used to attend our Mulanjin. Mulanjin is a ladies' cell group on Thursday. I think it's in the weekdays. Right? He, she was the only Christian in her home. Uh, she came to know, know the Lord through her sickness. We thank God for our Mulanjin sisters. They shared the gospel with her and she got saved. She was a very new Christian and so uh, during the service, the funeral weeks and funeral service, we literally preached the gospel straight to the relatives. We got ni- 99% of them are non-Christian. We really pray that the gospel seed will grow and that they will come to know the Lord as our sister did. Amen? Amen. So let us not just, hi, happy, happy, you know. Remember those, if the Lord brought them to you, pray for them, uh, comfort them. Do you know, in life, we do face troubles in the family, difficulties at work and in school, in college, illnesses of the body, or various dangers and pains happen to us. Do Christians, do believers of Jesus Christ still worry and ask questions like, are we not having faith? Why this thing happened to me? Why this thing happened to my children and my family? Can I still trust God? And when we worry, does it mean we do not have faith? Where is our faith? Where is our trust when we face troubles? And especially when we can't understand God's plan in that situation. Faith isn't feeling. But it is a choice we all have to make to trust God, although the path ahead of us seems uncertain. What is faith? Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And if you have King James Version or New King James, it explains as now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now the Hebrew writer demonstrates godly faith in two ways. First, it is about real trust. What we have seen of God's nature and character should lead us to trust Him. And trust naturally leads to obedience. 
Another idea the writer presents on faith is as a confident look to the future based on reliance on God's promises. Faith convinces us of things not seen. Now, as you think about this, make a mental list of things you believe but have not seen. For example, we have not seen God through direct or visual contact. We did not witness creation. We did not observe the sin of Adam and Eve. We have no visual knowledge of the exodus of Israel or their entrance into the promised land. We did not witness the birth of Christ. We were not with Jesus on the roads of Galilee. We did not see Jesus die on the cross nor witness his resurrection. But these are the things we believe but have not seen. When we believe and affirm as truth that which we haven't seen, that's faith. When we know something is true or something happened on the strength of evidence we have been exposed, we have been exposed to, that's faith. Faith convinces us of things not seen. The phrase in verse 1 says, things hoped for. It's not about the personal wishes of people. It is about the divine promises of God. For example, we look forward to the second coming of Christ, the resurrection and heaven. Faith assures us of those things when we believe in God and accept His promises as true. It is this faith that leads many of us in making decision to trust in the finish, finishing work of Christ on the cross. Faith in God starts with knowing who Jesus is, why He came, and why He died for me, for you. How Jesus rose from the dead and be our Lord and Savior. That is the good news we hear and believe. Thus, Christian faith is not blind faith as most people think we are. It is not a blind faith for we are called to believe in something, someone, and not anything. True saving faith rests first and foremost in Jesus Christ. Knowing Christ and know what He had done for us is important. But it alone cannot save you. It never ends there. We must be personally convinced of Jesus and His finished work on the cross and start to place our trust in Him. And when we place our trust in Christ since the day of our salvation, we continue to grow in this trust and in this faith. Just like any relationships, that trust needs to be built and develop. For trust is one of the most critical elements of healthy relationships, families, teams, organizations, or even communities. And in order to trust someone, we need to spend time in knowing that person. As that personal relationship we have with each other 
gives us the assurance that this person cares for us and that he will not allow us to be hurt or to be harmed. This relationship forms the basis of our trust in them. So the more we spend time in knowing Christ, knowing our God through Bible reading, prayers, worship, the more we're convinced that God's word is true and that God will perform all that he promises. Over here, I would like us to share with you some situation we are now facing in the children's ministry. That is, our children don't really convince and believe God is as powerful as you believe. To them, Jesus is just a name they hear from you. Parents, grandparents. In fact, to them, who is more powerful? Iron Man. And recently upgraded Yip Man, the Kung Fu master. They also find praying or even worshipping awkward. They always wonder why you have to lift your hands during worship. It's very strange. The children look at you, you know, why are you doing that? And when they are in need, they don't pray. They don't call upon the Lord. They ask you to pray. They ask the children church teachers to pray. It saddened me as a pastor to know our next generation have more knowledge about the latest technology, the latest game, handphone game, and so on, but they have no interest to know about the Creator, uh, about Jesus. And recently, I talked to a few children who are 10, 11, 12, and try to find out their daily schedules. Do you know their daily schedules are so packed? They are busier than the company directors, you know? Really, back to back their schedule. Until they are too tired and have no time to read the Bible or even pray. This is happening to our next gen. Your children, our children. And even to some of us adults and parents. We have been too busy and get busier as the year passes. In order to build a strong spiritual life, a strong family, a strong church, all of us have to reprioritize our lives, pursue what is most important. What is most important? It is spending time with God in prayer and reading His Word. It may be boring to some of us, but it helps us to grow in our faith and trust in Him so that when we have difficult time, we can continue to trust Him. However, if we just believe in a saving faith and don't really encounter God's power in our everyday lives, our trust level will remain the same and we question God's faithfulness when life takes a bad turn. So whether we are a new Christian, one-year-old Christian or 40, 30 years Christian, 
all of us should keep growing in our faith. Don't let disappointments and busyness in life or even people stop you or hinder you from developing your own faith in your Savior. As sometimes God uses all this to bring us to a place of trust. Abraham, the patriarch of faith, has many encounters in these areas. And this morning, we can surely learn some lesson from him. And now, I would like to invite all of you to stand up and read Hebrews 11 with me. Hebrews 11, verse 8 to verse 19. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in a promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, so as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and as he is good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, It is true, Isaac, that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so, in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back to death. Amen. May the Lord bless his word. Please be seated. It is interesting to know that if you read the passage just now, Hebrews 11, 8 to 19, but knew nothing of Abraham's history, you might come to the conclusion that Abraham and Sarah both, both were of women and men of giant faith who trusted God wholeheartedly and obeyed Him immediately. But as we read from the book of Genesis, starting from chapter 11, that was not the case at all. Abraham and Sarah were real people like you and me. They were believers in the Lord, but were also weak in their faith at times, prone to prom compromise, and in certain serious compromise. But who nonetheless were righteous before the Lord? Not because of their works, but rather because of their faith. Now, how did Abraham grow in his faith and trust in God since the day he stepped out from the land of Ur? Abraham simply believed that God would do what he said. This was a profound act of faith. If we were to find out more about the land of Ur, it was located in southern Mesopotamia. It was a prosperous city, but also one of the center of moon worship. 
Joshua reminds the people in Joshua chapter 24 that long ago your forefathers, Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the river and worshipped other gods. You see, although where Abraham lived were comfortable and secure, God challenged him to leave her, leave everything he had and dwell in tents for the rest of his life. But his faith in God was far from perfect. He doubted along the way. Like Abraham, our faith takes time to develop as we continue to put our trust in him. And Abraham's faith journey grew as God revealed himself more and more. His trust level increased as he grew deeper in the personal relationship with him. Let's look at three incidents in Abraham's journeys of faith. First, as Abraham continued to be a stranger and a pilgrim in a foreign land, he started to trust the Almighty God who had promised that one day he and his descendants would inherit that land. Genesis 13, verse 17 and 17, 14 to 17 records that promise to Abraham. The Lord, and the Lord said to Abraham, after the Lord has separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth. So that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and width, for I give it to you. It didn't happen over months, over years, it, over many, many years. And Hebrews 11 chapter 9 records this process. It said, by faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. What can we learn from here about lesson of faith? That is, God can be trusted to secure and fulfill His promises in our lives, even if it takes longer than we expect. The second incident which tested his level of trust in God was the promise of an heir. Abram was 75 years old when he was first promised by God to become a great nation. Now put yourself in Abraham's shoes. Where would you expect that promise to be fulfilled? No wonder he and Sarah responded in laughter. But God asked Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a son or have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But 
he said, Yes, you did love. Abraham and Sarah show sign of disbelief when they laugh at the promises of God. They also limited the power of God within the boundaries of their perceptions. But is anything too hard for the Lord was asked by God to this couple. Well, church, is anything too hard for the Lord in your circumstances? Have you ever laughed at God, especially on the promises He gave you? It seems like such an improper response, but we likely do it more often than we think. Whether we laugh out loud or in our hearts, God always hears us. Let us be reminded, the God that we worship, there is no promise too hard for the Lord to fulfill. He promised that the walls of Jericho would fall, but the Rahab's dwelling on the wall and her family would be spared. This was indeed a hard thing. God also promised to feed Elijah by raven at Cherith and by a widow at Jerophath. That was a hard thing. There is no prayer too hard for the Lord to answer. What a hard thing it was, humanly speaking, to give Abraham and Sarah a child. Biologically, it was impossible. Yet, their prayer was answered. Read Genesis 24, verse one, the whole chapter. How hard it was, humanly speaking, for Abraham's servant to find just the right bride for Isaac in the foreign land. Yet, God answered prayer by leading the servant to choose Rebekah for Isaac. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? There is no problem. Too hard for the Lord to solve. He enabled them to pass through the Red Sea, unharmed and on dry land. Our God turned the water into wine. Our God stilled the storm and He fed 5,000. What He did then, He will do it today for you. There is no person too hard for the Lord to save. Thank God for the Word of God in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, He is able to save completely those who come to God through Him because He always lives to intercede for them. God has the ability to save the most difficult people in this world. Remember, a condemned criminal was gloriously converted in his dying hour on the cross. Remember a jailer and his family were suddenly converted after an earthquake. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Do you have faith to trust Him to work in your situation? What is your answer? After Abraham continued in his journey of faith, the next incident stretching his faith even more. Let me ask you, how many years have now passed without God fulfilling His promise about giving 
Sarah and Abraham, a child. It was 25 years. Abraham's faith wavered and started to doubt if God had forgotten his promises. You and I, we always forget things. But does our God also will forget his promises to us? Genesis 15, verse 2 to 4, Abram said this to God, Oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir. For you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. You see, the road to God's purposes will involve delays, obstacles, and tests. So it's naturally to feel anxious, worries, and doubt what God will do. But if you trust, you will be willing to wait upon God. If not, you will do something. To make it happen, as in the case of Sarah, she thought by giving her maid servant to her husband, she was helping God in fulfilling his promises. What to do in a challenging time when you don't hear God at all, when you don't see his work at all? During this time, when your faith is being tested, it is best to be just still before the Lord. For your soul needs to rest in His presence and reflect of God's faithfulness in your life. Count your blessings and give thanks to the Lord of the many victories He has produced through. The spiritual practice of listening and waiting to God helps to strengthen our faith and level of trust because it will help us to refocus back to God instead of focusing on the things in the world. And when you refocus yourself back to God, to the God that you worship, ask, who is He? What kind of God is He? Do you know the God you worship? Abraham's faith grew as God revealed himself. Apparently, he used two words for God, El. The generic Canaanite name for the cosmic deity and Yahweh. Another word Abraham used to describe God is Yahweh, which sometimes translated as Jehovah in King James Version or in other version as the Lord, the four big capital letter L-O-R-D. Following the Jewish tradition of not pronouncing the divine name, but substituting it with Adonai. The God that Abraham worshipped, he sees God as the God Most High, El Aeon, the God of heaven and earth, the creator of heaven and earth. The God that Abraham knew is a God that is almighty, El Shaddai. The God that Abraham worshipped it's the everlasting, the eternal God, the El Olam. The God that Abraham knew 
is the Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. And as God revealed more and more of him to Abraham, his faith grew. He knew that the God of heaven and earth, he knew God as a supreme judge of mankind, the controller of nature. He is highly exalted and eternal. And when you encounter God in such a personal way, your level of trust will definitely not move. As you know, God is in control in your situation. How about this? Do you know the God you worship? I personally encounter God of His omnipresence in the first time many years ago. That was the day before my son's uh, full moon celebration. For us Chinese, after one month you gave birth, we will have a celebration. And our whole family was so excited because the day has finally arrived. The Chinese women, the Asian women, we, we were confined in a home for a month. So after a month, it's like, yay, party time. But the night before that, I was in pain. My, somehow I had experienced tummy pain. But I, I endured it. I thought, okay, probably the next day will be fine because the next day is my son's uh, full moon. But I endured it through the night. I still cannot, uh, it still didn't go. And then go away. So I told Pastor Thomas, please bring me to the clinic. So she, he brought me. And I told him, maybe there's another baby inside, you know. <laughs> and then the doctor, after checking, he said, yeah, you need to go to emergency. So I told him, see, exactly, another baby is coming. And I, we went to emergency and after checking, I had to go through immediate operation. Operation of what? Appendix rupture. I'm like, what is that? And uh, it, it was so serious because I just gave birth. Right, so, and, and, and all the... I know you're going to have lunch. Uh, actually, my whole tummy is quite messy. So, be, because of that, my, the, the, the usual way they operate appendix is just drill a hole, something, and then... Uh, just sew it back, right? Mine is like a samurai knife just cut through with that because they need to clean up my, my whole tummy, my whole womb, in fact. And at that moment, when I was wheeled into the operating theatre, have you seen movie that they wheel the sick people in and then they show you the corridor and the light as they pushed the sick people into the operating theatre? Have you seen that? It was exactly like that. It was so scary. And the, when you look around, there's nothing to look around. It's just the corridor, and, and the corridor seems to be no end. And all the medical teams, they put a mask on it. It's like, you don't even know who, who are they, you know? And in that moment, I, say, I, I asked, can I see my husband? Because it's like, it, everything is so fast, you know? I, I have tummy pain, I go to the clinic, and then clinic refer us to the emergency, emergency, then I've been... Then I, I don't see my, because he has to pay the bill or else they won't operate for me. You know. <laughs> I 
I, I want to see him. I don't know what's going on with me. At that time, I still don't know it's, it's already ruptured. So, in that operating theatre, I tried to look for the sign of Jesus. <laughs> like cross or a picture, you know. Nothing. Nothing in that theatre. Everyone is just talking in a language that I cannot understand. Okay? You know, the medical terms. And I was so painful and I just called upon God, God, I, I know you are with me. I was, uh, I, actually, I was traumatized by the whole thing. I don't expect all this. Who will expect yourself in a few hours you go to operating theatre, right? It's nothing to rejoice with, right? So at that moment, I, I was very panicked. I, I know my, my blood pressure is very high because my heart is like, I want to jump out already, you know. I, uh, just at that moment, the Lord's presence just come and fill me. And I suddenly become so calm. Instead of, where's Thomas, where's my husband? Just calm. Because I know Jesus is with me. Psalms 139 say, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in soul, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your hand will lay hold of me. Knowing God's presence in our lives and knowing His presence is always with us brings deep comfort to those who, of us who are struggle with especially loneliness and deep sorrow. Who is the God that you worship? Do you know our God is omnipotent? He is all-powerful. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us. God is able. He is able and He is powerful to do anything His will without any effort on His part. The God that we worship is omniscient. He is all-knowing. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. This is very powerful, you know. Everything we do in secret, we think that nobody knows. God knows. I always tell this to my children. You cannot do anything. Try to hide away from God and from us parents because God will speak to, our, to us as parents and then we will catch you just like that. It's evident. Amen, parents? Somehow the Lord will just speak to us and then we will just... No jokes. Really. Everything. Nothing is hidden from the Lord. Even the thing that you think in our thoughts, you didn't even say it out. The Lord knows. Just two days before Chinese New Year, we were so busy with, with the funeral preparation, right? And then Pastor Thomas said, Hey, why your sister this year never give me uh, bakwa? Okay, for those of you who don't know what is bakwa, it's like pork jerky. Uh, then I say, Oh, yeah. Every year she will give notes because she knows that my husband loves to eat bakwa. Then I, I just say, Oh, yeah, times are bad. Do you know how much is it? One packet, right? I said, ah, it's okay, it's okay. Just keep fit, right? 
And lo and behold, the Lord knows. Even the little conversation between husband and wife. After the funeral, we were so hot and so tired, we were like relaxing. And then one sister come in. Happy New Year, Pastor Chai B. Actually, she gave to me, you know. But then it's okay, I share with her, him. <laughs> Whatever is mine, is him. It's his also. So you see, the Lord is so good. And I shared it yesterday. And after service, really got one church member give him baku. <laughs> So you see, whatever that you is in your thoughts, the Lord knows. Wow, that is the God you worship. And the Lord that we worship is faithful. Deuteronomy say, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping His covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love Him and keep His commands. If we are faithless, He is Faithful. He remains faithful. To know the fact that God is unchangingly faithful means He never forgets anything. He never fails to do anything that He has set out to do for us. And His faithfulness pours out from His love so we can trust the Word of God in Romans that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. Of course, we don't always understand or see how his plan works like in the case of Abraham, of God's promise about making him a father of many nations. Because in our limited understanding and finite minds, God's faithfulness might look a lot like abandonment. For how could a faithful God allow his children to suffer, to be hurt and to die? But we can take comfort in these moments by just remembering these attributes of God. For when we go through hard times, we know that our God is faithful. He is good all the time. He is always with us and He is sovereign over all. Our part is just keep trusting Him because of who He is. If we choose to remain doing things our ways or our thinking and not following the plan of God, we will be like Sarah. After Sarah give, gave his maid, her maidservants to Abraham, Ishmael was born. And a great deal of trouble followed until today. Twice. Abraham failed the test of honesty, fearing death for being married to the beautiful Sarah. Yet Abraham persevered and grew through his struggles. He sometimes showed a lack of faith and trust and sin. He sinned against God. But everyone faces the harsh reality of weakness and temptation. Abraham showed us the importance of growing our faith and trust through challenges and trials in life. You know, the man of faith we see in Genesis 22 is the one willing to offer his son on the altar to God was a great deal stronger than the one who struggled with God's promise about the birth of his heir. 
Hebrews 11, 19 says, Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back to death. That was an extraordinary faith. Abraham did not start at this level of trust. He came to this level over a long period of time and through many trials. And it is through those many trials that helped him grow in his faith. His journey was long and challenging, but he worked hard and experienced both grief and blessings. In his daily walk, Abraham learned to trust the Lord. Most of the time, he kept relying on God when looking to the future because he couldn't see anything ahead. He just trusted strongly in God. Now, our journey in Christ started by trusting in Jesus and His finished work, which we call saving faith. To grow in our faith through all the twists and turns of life, in tough times, you might be tempted to give up on God. But remember, it can take a lifetime to develop deep faith. Don't give up on God. Keep trusting His intent to make good on His promises from an eternal perspective in light of the struggles you face. For your trust in God will bring you to a higher ground where God wants you to be. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord, that this morning we are reminded of who you are in our lives. For God, maybe there are brothers and sisters who are here with us this morning who are struggling to put their trust in you. For the circumstances they are in has blurred their eyes and has confused them. But Lord, I pray that today's message, the word of God will just speak to them. Minister to them, O oh Lord. We pray for your Holy Spirit to fill them, to unveil their eyes to see the truth. The truth is, you are faithful. The truth is, you are the omnipotent God, that you are a God who is all-powerful. You are the God who is all-knowing. You see what they are going through and you know what they are going through and you will make a way, oh God. For there is nothing impossible to you. So Father, we pray that our faith and our trust level will increase as we refocus ourselves to you this morning. Father, we pray that you help us, oh God. Help us just to surrender. To surrender our doubts and our concern to you. Knowing, oh Lord, you are sovereign and you're sovereign over all. We want to declare, God, the God that we worship, the God that we know, the God who saved us is far more powerful than we think. That, Lord, you works and you will continue to turn water into wine in our situation. You will continue to make a path in the Red Sea that's in front of us. Father, you will rescue us when we are sinking, oh Father, in the sea Amen. of doubts. In the name of Jesus, oh God, that your people will arise, oh God, above all, Lord, as we continue to worship you, oh Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, God. 
Church, shall we all rise to our feet and let us just focus our God, worship the Lord with this song. He is able.